0: Welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. I am Drew Scanlon. Joining me, as always, Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny?
1: I'm doing great. I don't know what this quarantine is all about. I spent a week in City 17. It was a great time. The weather was pretty overcast, and civil protection was a bit heavy-handed, but, you know, otherwise, it was pretty good. Uh,
0: You're just rubbing it in. I tried, like, looking into ordering a VR headset.
1: Two-month Wait. Okay, we were just talking off-air about getting stuff from my studio if you need it. I do have a Vive in the studio, which is not being used. You are welcome to it. I'm not show.
2: playing that game on a Vive. That's what You're I'm saying. Boss. What, are you tra- what are you trying That's- to foist off on me, Danny?
0: That voice is Rob Zachney. Uh, how are you, Rob?
2: I remember speedy race cars. <laughs> some, say they, some say they never really were that fast. But I, I was can- there. I saw. I believe.
1: Is this talking to your grandson? Yeah. Like 50 years from now in a in a cornfield.
2: We, guys we remember we find like this a uh, scrapped
0: F1 car. <laughs> do you do You guys remember
1: Reign of Fire? Uh the dragon movie.
0: Yes. There's a yes. scene oh. in there where uh so it's a post-apocalyptic movie, dragons have overrun earth. Um <laughs> uh and It's uh, the civilization has crumbled. And so basically Christian Bale uh, and his um, uh, his his merry men are living in a castle uh, Mm. and they have to to entertain themselves with legends, like just put on little plays. And one of the plays that they put on uh, is just Star Wars.
1: Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. This is like, have you ever seen uh, Mr. Burns, the uh, post-apocalyptic play? It's a it's an interesting play. It's like a it's a play. It's an allegory about uh, sort of um, mythos, and it's actually a pretty direct allegory to like the New Testament. But it's uh, spoken through the Simpsons, specifically that episode where um, Sideshow Bob tries to kill Bart on the boat. Uh, it's really good. It's a it's a weird play. Go see it at your local theater. <laughs> what well, is that called? <laughs> it's called I think it's called Mister Burns, a post apocalyptic play. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's it's interesting.
0: Anyway, I just imagine Rob uh, hunkered down, hiding from dragons, talking about old F1 races.
1: Yeah, that's what I think about most, most days.
0: Uh, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. If you are new to Formula One itself, this is a strange time since all sports are on hold due to the coronavirus. No better time. No better time. Uh, i mean seriously like if you want to learn about something and go back and have a whole bunch of stuff to watch this is the podcast for you uh we have a preseason primer episode that explains everything about formula one uh that assumes no prior f1 knowledge so if you want to listen to that and get up to speed that
2: there will be a season
0: (laughs) well yeah you can listen to that and then uh um go watch old stuff i guess but that is episode 96 um, also, this show is supported ex- entirely by our audience over at Patreon.com/slash/shiftf1, where every month we release bonus podcast episodes exclusively for our patrons uh, that cover racing documentaries and films, uh, primers for other racing series, and other weird things. So, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of that, uh, along with early access to the video content that we do on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/shiftf1, uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash/shiftf1 or click the link in the show notes. What's been going on this month, Danny? Uh, we have the
1: Street Circuit uh sorry, the Hanoi Street Circuit track walk going up this weekend. So if you're an early access uh patron, you'll get access to that uh Friday and everyone else will get it on. Race day, Sunday, or what was meant to be race day. Uh we have uh we went to a specific Uh, lengths to get this one it was um we had to get it on a a set of corsa and uh download a set of Corsa, and then download this track and install it and uh it was good because it's a track that did
0: not exist until a a couple months ago
1: yeah although i guess we'll cover the news later hopefully you will be able to play it in the official game in the next few months
0: very true um as mentioned the the podcast format for the foreseeable future is a little different from what we normally do instead of pre-race and post-race episodes of course uh, we will be alternating news updates uh, and answers to user emails uh, with episodes that review the most recent season of Netflix's F1 series, Drive to Survive, uh, as sort of a way to keep that F1 spirit alive during this dark, race-carless time. Uh, we did last week uh, our uh, first bit of that, uh, season two, episodes one through three. Uh, yeah. That was, a, that was a fun time, so that's we'll be resuming that next week, but this week... Is news should we jump right into it, fellas out with the olds
1: in with the news Zzz.
0: well um there are there have been a number of reports for i'd say over a week about f one teams helping in the fight against coronavirus um, by you, leveraging their vast technical knowledge and manufacturing uh, capabilities to build ventilators Ambulances
1: that can go really fast is that, is that what it is
0: <laughs> right all those all those police cars from dubai uh <laughs> are coming down to um totally the, the weird part is though that at least the articles that i've seen up until up until i guess a couple days ago were here's what f1 teams are going to do or they want to do this it was all very hmm. vague uh and i i think we've gotten a little more clarity on what that is so um from these articles from autosport.com i have learned uh, i've gathered that the uk government put out a call for aid to a number of different industries mm. uh including formula one and uh aircraft manufacture that sort of thing um and seven seven f1 teams responded uh those that have um headquarters in the uk red bull racing point haas mclaren mercedes Renault, and williams saying that yeah we can we can help you with that uh, and so that was reported around but you know nothing had actually gotten done but now i believe the first tangible piece uh to come from this uh, autosport is reporting along with uh bbc and uh, some other outlets that uh mercedes amg high performance powertrain which is the F1 team's engine division uh, has helped uh, has helped reverse engineer a breathing device. Which already this hmm. is this seems kind of strange to me because why do you have to reverse engineer it? Like we're trying to save people's lives here, and you've got a copyright on your on your CPAP machine. What's wrong right. with you? Uh, so th- anyway, that uh, ha- apparently Mercedes has developed uh, through reverse engineering. Um, a continuous positive airway pressure breathing aid called a CPAP machine designed to keep COVID-19 patients out of intensive care, uh, which has already been used extensively in Italy and China. Although I, I mm. believe it's weird that way that it is worded in that article. I don't think that device has been used in Italy and China. Right. I think the technique of using CPAP machines.
1: Perhaps there was a, the story I remember seeing was somebody had, they had created them on 3D printers or they'd used 3D printers to create, to help make some of these. And there was actually a bit of a back and forth between the patent owners and the folks who had made them uh, uh, having a dispute over whether or not they should have been allowed to do it. So I think it's a similar type of thing, but uh, perhaps in saying they've reverse engineered them, it it means they're saying that they're not necessarily copying them, but they're, they've made ones that will work the same, wink, wink.
0: Maybe. I, I don't know. It's like a it's like a mister for old video game consoles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah. God, we're coming thick and fast with the video game <laughs> references really this week. It's so almost listen, like we've I been stuck indoors for a week. Yeah. It's <laughs> stewing my
0: own juices here. And think about video games. Uh UK government officials predicted they would need thirty thousand ventilators, but currently only has eight thousand in use. Uh, with a further 8,000 on order from international suppliers. So uh, they need all the help they can get. And that it sounds seems
2: worryingly like... low out of the case. I guess I guess they're projecting a 30,000 shortfall? No, because they have 8,000 in use. Yeah. 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 That, that know, just sounds that... like a very small number, given the scope of what we know about COVID at this point.
0: Yeah, and the UK is uh, a small country, all things considered. Smaller than this one, at least, uh, the United yeah. States. So. This yes. the
1: international suppliers part of that is wild as well. Like, who's who's selling? <laughs> like, everyone surely needs to hold on to their ventilators and masks, right? It's like, was the lost city of Atlantis just popped up and <laughs> has decided to export all these, and they're going to keep it out of there? It's it's so strange.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of questionable health, Danny. Uh, oh, thanks,
1: to, <laughs> thanks, buddy. I yeah, take this next sure. one. Look, I've put on a few pants. I'm not going to lie. It's hard That's not to not snack 24 hours a day. But, I mean, I'm like, my office, my home office is like right across from the kitchen. And all of my delicious treats are there. It's really hard to bite a lot of delicious treats. You really confront your uh, your sort of uh, uh, dependency on Diet Coke when you only go to the store once a week. Because you really have to like be like, oh no, I can't buy a bottle because it takes up all of this space in, this, in the supermarket. I could buy... <laughs> food for my child <laughs> so that's that's uh that's my cross that's how i'm suffering anyway Helmut Marko is suffering way more because he wants to get back to racing and he doesn't care how many people he has to subject to a pandemic <laughs> to get there Um this coming from uh the guardian uh, yeah it was an like interview Autos- with an austrian tv station cool yeah all the wild stuff happens there they say whatever they want in austrian <laughs> They have to be careful when they're speaking in English. Um, this is an auto, auto sport uh, report on it. Um, sorry, this is. Oh, yeah, sorry, I skipped down a bit. Um, speaking in a video at Austrian television station ORF, Marco said We have four Formula One drivers Max Verstappen, Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Daniel Kvyat, and eight or ten juniors. The idea was to organize a camp where they could bridge this mentally and physically. Somewhat dead time. This is his idea for trying to get all of his drivers to catch COVID-19 so they can get it out of the way. Um, And that would be the ideal time for infection to come. They are strong young men in really good health. Uh, That way they could be prepared whenever the action starts. And if you can be ready for what will be probably a very tough championship once it starts. (laughs) Uh, While Marco was convinced of the idea, he said his proposal did not go down well with other factions at Red Bull and has been abandoned. Let's put it this way, it's not been well received, he said. Wild.
2: Well, I mean, mind you, this was Boris Johnson's plan A, from what I understand. Like this was this was the original like crisis response for uh for COVID was the let's all just get it and we'll do the herd immunity thing. Uh I do like that helmet in his spare time has turned into like an anti-vaxer uh, like mommy <laughs> blogger type character in, in yes. some ways where I'll just take all my drivers and I'll just get sick together and it'll be great. Uh, we will throw a little COVID-19 party and they should all be fine because as we know by now, uh, COVID isn't dangerous to people who are in really good shape. Uh, you can absolutely predict with certainty that if someone's like in, in the prime of life and is in fighting trim, uh, they'll be fine. This won't be too bad. Uh, this definitely wouldn't create some sort of dire, <laughs> some sort of dire horror movie situation. in like a Red Bull compound somewhere in the Alps as like, and like, and then there was one, uh, Red Bull driver.
1: Yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if all the other Max Verstappen clones they really get this and there'd be an <laughs> army of infected Verstappenites that uh, Danny Ricardo has to go and kill so he can get his seat back.
0: It should also be said that at this time, no one is sure that once you've gotten COVID-19, that you can't also get it again. Right, right. there's right. re-infection,
2: reinfection concerns.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Marco. Also... He's Doctor Helmut Marco, not a medical doctor.
1: What's he, what's he? a doctor of? I
0: don't remember. Let me. Topiary. Yeah. Doctor uh,
1: basket weaving.
0: Why, not, why, why doesn't somebody fun. look that of, up? Of while I science, yeah. <laughs> go to the next uh, news topic here. The uh, calendar update. So, mm. um, I think we mentioned. Before maybe not the the summer break that Formula One usually takes uh, in the middle of the year has been moved to now uh, and there's a certain window that teams could choose to take their I think I believe it's three week break from um, sort of in a in a moving window that they could choose a lot of teams have chosen to take it now um, the Netherlands Spain and Baku races have all been postponed and Monaco mm. has been uh, outright canceled. Um, I think Australia is also technically postponed. Uh, oh, but- this guy has a jurist
2: yeah. doctor. Oh, get out of here. A what? Helmet.
1: What's that?
0: He's
2: a doctor of law. That ain't real. That 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 that, that ain't being a doctor. God, I That's don't know That's doctors who-
1: of law are the only people who can heal society.
2: <laughs> and 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 what a fine job they've done to date.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so that means the soonest a season could start um is Canada on June 14th uh Chase Carey uh the overseer of all things Formula One um he's the CEO of Liberty Media I believe that's his title uh he expects to have 15 to 18 races this year lol uh, of course everything is constantly changing uh and uh interestingly According to uh, Ferrari team principal, Mattia Benotto, the teams and Formula One have been talking a lot, sort of behind the scenes in, in this from uh, autosport.com. Apparently, according to Benotto, Formula One teams are open to the idea of a, quote, super season that runs into January 2021. Quote, uh, we can also have two-day weekends with free practice moved to Saturday morning so that we can meet the logistical needs in case of Grand Prixs being uh, close together.
2: Which would be wild. Oh, it'd be so good. I mean, I yeah, oh. it's a terrible idea in many ways. But imagine F one in like cold, icy rains, rainstorms uh, in January, trying to like wrap the season up uh, in just like freak weather conditions. Uh, you know, suddenly, uh, well, the Mercedes is fitting the chains on the uh, on, on the on the full wets
1: yeah that austin grand prix doesn't want to be any later in the calendar for texas winter weather as well It think that's pretty rainy
2: i was um i was looking at this a little bit and i know that uh ecclestone well you can't keep ecclestone away from a microphone but i actually do think he had a good point about this he you know he said if if i were in their shoes like the season is a wash like you just you're not going to be able to do anything with it and he was like it doesn't even matter if the and this this was the insight I thought he had, which was that it doesn't even matter if you get the calendar dates freed up. Do the organizers actually want you running an event at that time of the year? Do the locals want you bringing an international sporting event through mm-hmm. their backyard? Because that's going to be the real hurdle. Like, if everyone, like, if everything goes well, and I suspect we will find ourselves in this reality, like, COVID will be roughly under control you know, in the fall and winter. But it will be under control with still aggressive measures in place to control its spread and limit public gatherings. That still doesn't work well with F1 flying around on an intensive schedule, uh, parachuting into racing towns around the world, uh, you know, for, for a quick hit weekend and then being somewhere completely else the next the next week. So I think it's, I think it's really tough. Like, I would like to see some I would love to see some sort of abridged F1 season in mm. 2020. Uh, I miss live racing like you would not believe right now. I would, I would, uh, I would kill for it. But it does seem like that's going to be a tough thing to swing. And certainly the things that Chase Carey is kicking around right now sound a little utopian
1: yeah i think i wonder if a lot of what he's saying is the type of thing that you kind of have to say in this situation like i wonder if push comes to shove if he's really thinking about this realistically they know that they're not going to be racing at more than a handful of races this year and they know that like there's probably not going to be a championship like if we end up racing five races this year or six races or something like that that they can't award a winner like that's just it's it's not realistic but if I mean, maybe you think, do, about, you think a about how sketchy on. those
2: early F1 championships yeah. <laughs> are like they didn't run many races like I don't think it's wild to think we ran a half dozen races and we crowned a champion like there are champions with with pr- w- from pretty short seasons uh, on the books. I think it's tough to do in this in this day and age. So like, it would definitely be like the asterix championship. Um, but I do think I like I get what you're saying. I think there's an element of strategic but also psychological denial when you hear stuff like this. Like none of us none of us want to be sitting here in end of March, early April, and being like, you know, there's not going to be any real live sport until like January or February of next year, right? Like. No none of us actually want to reckon with that and all the things that implies about how this has gone on. And a lot of F one stakeholders would badly like to think that revenue stream is going to get turned back on and something's going to be salvaged here but i think the tell that they are accepting the fact that this season's kind of a loss is that they have already pushed back the onset of the 2021 regulations when they're going to roll out a completely new car design and this just came out apparently uh, some of the teams are suggesting pushing them even further back into the 2023 season, uh, because uh, as Christian as Christian Horner was was saying, the most important thing we need now is stability. Uh, when you just change, you introduce cost and stability. Right now, and locking out as much of the car as possible is the most responsible way to drive those costs those cost drivers down. So, I think. The thing that has been recognized, and the teams all unanimously decided to move forward with this, they were going to have a completely different car next year, a completely different like technical framework for the sport. And that's now been pushed off by at least a year, and they are thinking about pushing it even further back, which suggests to me that... Not only are they trying to basically freeze the freeze the costs and so that like what they invest in this year's car can just be rolled over in the next season and it doesn't have to necessarily be wasted effort. The fact that they're thinking about delaying it a further year suggests they are fully aware of how badly this is going to hit teams' bottom lines. And mm-hmm. the only way to really right the ship is to accept that there's going to be a missing year of revenue for a lot of F1 teams. And if that's the case, then you need one more season before you have to invest in rolling out an entirely new car spec. It's uh,
1: wild. Do you think about the knock-on effect that's going to have with contracts as well with some of these drivers who are, like, looking at those new regulations as that fresh start?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. do, uh, the driver thing is the other. I was seeing a piece le- piece on this at uh, Race Fans. Uh, it was a Fritz Cedar Rankin piece, which is mostly speculation. There wasn't a clear answer about this. What happens to these driver contracts? Like these are especially the top teams, these are enormously expensive line items. These guys are being paid tens of millions of tens of millions of Euro for racing and they're not gonna race hardly at all this season. Uh but it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like there's any sort of common practice of having escape clauses in
0: those contracts.
2: Uh I so have
0: a- I have a list here of the of the drivers whose contracts expire at the end of 2020. Uh, And again, who knows if there are other weird clauses, but such as it is, uh, here's who is not yet signed for 2021. Kimi Raikkonen, Antonio Giovinazzi, Sebastian Vettel, uh, Kevin Magnuson, Roman Grosjean uh, signs. It's questionable. He signed a multi-year contract in August 2018 um but i i believe yeah 2020 uh lewis hamilton valtteri botas uh alexander albon uh, daniel ricardo pierre gasly danny kvyat um nicholas latifi and uh not george russell i think that one goes one Ocon
2: is booked through Ocon's,
0: Ocon's to 2021 russell okay. i believe is 2021 Because, God, the Um, nightmare
2: of Ocon getting back in and then missing a season and then being back on the hot seat and fighting to get... Oh, that would be heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, Perez is 2022. Norris is 2022. uh, LeClaire is 2024. And Verstappen is 2023. And also Lance Stroll, but... I mean, to
2: me, like, the thing I'd want to see is the drivers take some sort of like major pay cut for this year, like prorate the contract or whatever. Uh, But I would also like to see they get the option of you just push the contract year back, right? Like effectively you freeze the contract and then the clock resumes in for the next season and teams can make their decision. Follow. You know what I mean? Like give Vettel that last contract year. I want to see what happens. I think the situation you just laid out drew is a nightmare. Right, It's a silly season where there was no recent performance. It's nothing but an incoming class of potential F1 drivers who will also have been a year out of the sport because uh, they won't have raced either. And then there's going to be a lot of veterans who are already kind of like, what does the twilight of their career look like? Mm-hmm. And now they will be coming in on no track record and they'll all be out of contract. That and they'll be is, a year older. Yeah, it's fascinating, but it sounds like an absolute nightmare. I think if you're, I think you're Vettel, you're terrified of this reality. Um, I think if you're Hamilton, you're probably fine somewhere or another. But like, yeah, if you're Vettel, if you're if you're Räikkönen, like, ugh, what's what what's the market like for you after a lost season, and suddenly everyone is available?
0: Uh, something that I think is going to be available this year the f1 2020 video game uh which according to an exclusive exclusive interview with racefans.net uh codemasters franchise director for the formula one games paul Geal, uh Mm. says we are still going to go with all 22 circuits which were originally part of the calendar uh, along the postponed races are the two new additions to this year's schedule hanoi and zandvoort the british-based game developers were preparing to announce the first details of f1 2020 when the country went into lockdown due to the pandemic forcing its staff to work from home so that's a plus uh when does that game usually come out
1: late summer? Uh, mid-se- mid-season yeah
2: yeah it used to be really late in the season and then they sort of clawed their way toward mid-season um so yeah, the thing the other thing is, I remember a few years back, I think they had to they created a track for Korea, but nobody'd run at Korea, so they just kind of guessed what that circuit would be like, and it wasn't very convincing like the the fidelity of their projection for like how Korea would run was clearly of a different quality than the rest of the calendar for that year's edition uh so i'm really i am fascinated now by the idea that the f1 2020 game would come out and you would have their like best guess of what hanoi and uh Zandvoort would be like now zanvort is more publicly do- publicly documented yeah, but exactly. it's, it's still a, different a new games. layout
0: yeah,
1: it's funny, like, would... presumably they should have access to all of the FIA, you know, all of F1's yeah. schematics and all that sort of stuff. It is funny. I, I wonder how, if any, there will be any reference to the current season, the sort of wash that it is. Will they have a mode that lets you play a reduced you season not play or, a certain number. <laughs> or like will they yeah or like no one's in the crowds because if they run a, if they run some, oh, some races this year then there'll be empty circuits probably like like at this stage there can't have that many people together um so i wonder because like i remember it reminds me of the uh 20 what is it the south african world cup video game had vuvuzelas in it but you could turn them off uh. because they were so bloody <laughs> annoying so like a, like stuff like that like when whenever like reality sort of steps on the toes of the gaming experience, um, yeah I wonder I wonder what they'll do. I was just thinking I wonder what we'll do with our track walks now. Do we do we modify them based on the rejiggered season? You know what I mean? Like like the new calendar that they're proposing, or do we do it based on what it would have been already? I Until mean, some the of calendar shows
0: signs of being real right yeah i think we got to do i think we got to stick with the old dates until they get moved
1: right because you know? the next one because we've uh yeah vietnam and then and well I, but but Zanvor, because we because Ch- china was canceled too but we never did a track walk for china oh, tr-
0: that's right maybe we so have now, to fill that
1: one in. <laughs> now so totally do we have to go back and do that one now <laughs> yeah huh. i don't know uh well danny um should we take it to some emails? Hey, let's take it to some emails. Uh, Shiftoff1podcast at gmail.com is currently the only way you can send emails because <laughs> our website is down. Apologies. We had a couple of messages from people. Um, I'm currently on the case. It's a, an account I have. I, I have a many domain accounts going because I used to be a web developer going back like 15 years. And uh, I guess they migrated one of them to a new company, never told me. And then I never got any emails about it this one running out it's the same account that has my note clips uh my company website on it as well Yikes. which i also can currently not access so so you um, gotta
2: forensically investigate like what happened to your domain registration
1: yeah they moved the whole account it wasn't even one domain so to the cayman um, islands i know right Jeez, and i think the price is going up actually with this new host but we'll uh We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, The first one here comes from Matt Oxberry, and it's a film recommendation. Hey, Danny, Drew, and Rob. Last night, I found a new movie on Netflix called Go Karts. It's an Australian film about a teenager getting into karting. I found it interesting uh, because I know F1 drivers generally start in karting and move up from there. While watching, I was pretty much envisaging the main character as Daniel Ricciardo. I've also noticed that there is a crap load of racing car slash content. Ray, sorry, racing slash car content on Netflix. Since watching Drive to Survive, Hyperdrive, not racing related, but highly entertaining car show, Shelby American, and The 24-Hour War, Netflix has suggested car slash racing related under the sun to me. I'm branching out into other disciplines that I didn't think i would be interested in now uh, thanks for keeping up with making new content i really appreciate it i look forward to your weekly podcast it's a little escape into racing nirvana um thank you so much matt yeah we've uh if anyone has any other movies i, I i've noticed this myself after watching drive to survive the the recommendations tab is filled up with a bunch of racing docs that i guess I'd, and films that i'd never seen before um have, i know we're deep into our drive to survive thing but uh, have you guys watched any other racing movies uh in in over the past week
0: uh no i mean i i (laughs) this is kind of the uh the the blessing and the curse of of doing a racing theme podcast is i have to wait until we do it so i can (laughs) watch it and then talk about it with you guys although i guess uh, that's not the case with drive to survive like i binged that and then we're going back over it again um but we we have one lined up for patrons uh for the month of april yes Um, but after that uh we have a, we have a humongous list in a in a google doc um but yeah if people see stuff and want to recommend them to us uh let us know
1: what were some of the ones we did last year that like we did days of thunder
0: yep uh williams i think is still on netflix right uh senna of course
1: what's uh, that we, one which yeah, we haven't Amazon actually done one have we not done senna
0: really we haven't done senna no wow we talked about um, it a lot i think it's one of those things where it feels
2: almost redundant to do it but we should do it it's, yeah it's really good yeah uh, we do, we did
0: ground pre driver, right?
1: I don't know if we did. I don't think we did.
0: I think it's another what? same deal. It came out and we talked a lot about uh we talked a lot about it. Oh man. Okay. That is
1: the McLaren ooh, Amazon yeah Seriously, that's the one price? that's
2: the one where you will never convince me that amazon didn't stumble into a far better documentary than <laughs> yeah, the one totally. they had proposed like <laughs> they're like oh yeah we're gonna do a documentary about like stoffel vandorn getting ready for his you know inaugural season with mclaren racing and they show up and like mclaren's like this fucking engine won't go in the car god i hate <laughs> honda like the hell with these well, guys and, like, like, and yeah like the documentary fish. is just like you're you you left the camera running for all that, right? And it's like, yeah, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> Saffle, could you stand over by Eric Boulier while he talks about Honda real quick and just... Uh, yeah, it's part of the documentary. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. God, I can't believe we haven't talked about that either. There is a, a, a wealth of, uh, of films and series on there. If you have any recommendations, please, shiftf1podcast.gmail.com, especially if it's something that's a little bit out outside of sort of our... Our catchment, zone, you know, out, out of the ordinary, like something strange, like go karts. I'd be, I'd be super interested to hear what that would be, what what that is. Um, Rob, you want to take this uh, question from Reed?
2: Yeah. Uh, I just got into F1 last year through the podcast, and the lack of racing this year, I've been rewatching last year's season. I always figured that everyone had to finish the whole race to get their position, including lap drivers. The winners slowed down on the parade lap, and I assumed they just let everyone pass, but watching Spa, they funneled the whole grid into the pit exit after Leclerc won. Do the lap drivers just not finish the race and their position is locked in when the winner crosses the line, or do they normally finish the race? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. So, uh, when the winners finish a race at that point uh the entire the circuit is on a timer basically for cars to take position in the pit lane but if you watch these races like People begin coming out from behind the guardrails as the winners begin their victory lap. Right, so wherever the winners are on track, like you can't have gar- cars racing through there at speed because it would be uh, way too dangerous and way too old school F one uh, to be frank. Mm-hmm. So everyone who's still on the lead lap, they get to finish. They get to finish their race. Like they can, they can fight it all the way to the uh, to timing and scoring. Uh, but everyone else, uh, you know, if you're more than one lap down, once you cross timing scoring your race is also down you do not finish the race distance that's why you'll see drivers finish with just instead of a time interval uh they don't get a complete time what you see is a uh, minus one minus two minus three marker next to them just to denote how many laps short of the full race distance they ended with uh so that is roughly how they how they handle all that
0: yeah Yeah, very well
1: said um drew do you want to take this one from uh marcos
0: Sure. Hey guys, greetings from Rio de Janeiro. So I was watching the 2020 eNASCAR Pro Invitational Series highlights on YouTube uh, when I was reminded of an aspect that NASCAR racing has and that maybe it could be interesting in F1. The possibility of changing only two wheels on a pit stop, shortening the time of the stop. It's important to take it into consideration The fact that F1 pit stops have dedicated crew members for each of the wheels, while NASCAR has a reduced, regulated, and very strict rule about how many crew members can work uh, in a car in any given pit stop, the maximum being five. Would that result in new, exciting strategy ramifications in some of the tracks where tires wear unevenly? Would Haas, with its stock car origins, finally have an edge over the others? was this the cause of the australian fiascos haas mechanics confused with what set of rules they should be using to change the wheels and forgetting the important <laughs> task of tightening the wheels on the car uh keep up the great work love the content of shift f1 cloth map waypoint and no clip obrigado marcos
1: thank you marcos obrigado marcus uh yes two wheels at a time what's that what do you think two wheels at a time
0: um i, I think it's uh i i think they should be allowed to do it and i've also always wanted them to be allowed to put multiple different compounds on at the same time which they're currently not allowed to do probably for safety reasons um but yeah in nascar you because it doesn't really make a sense in formula one because all the wheels come off at the same time but in nascar they do one half of the car and then set it down and then go to the other half of the car jack it up change the Tires and uh, put it back down because of that uh, restriction on how many crew members can can work on the car. Uh, Rob, did you have something?
2: No. Now I just really want to see them do like mixed compounds. Oh, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, like, I, I guess th- the
1: is the is the issue the wear race that that it will cause. It it might encourage cars to drive on worn tires. It like if half of their cars worn, they might be you know, encouraged to get into the danger zone a bit more.
2: I, my suspicion is it's not that my suspicion is everything about the tires right now is a way to attempt to standardize your way toward forcing certain performance bands. And if Mm. you allow people to mix and match, uh, you will begin making that job harder. So my suspicion is that anything that takes away from the ability of the compound to dictate, performance and racing action is something they've not been interested in doing i I, my suspicion is it's not a safety thing uh because while i can see for sure you would have things like really uneven wear rates and uh odd handling dynamics my guess is teams could figure out a way to like what these teams do is they control for all variables like they would figure the way around that but it just adds too many variables to, I think the way F1 now treats tires, which is a way to sort of force certain dynamics on the track.
1: I wonder as well from a, I'm not sure if it would make the pit stops shorter necessarily because all the wheels go on together, not in a series or anything. And, but I, but I wonder if it feels to me like the removal of the lollipop man was the final, like, um, danger like, but like, big danger that they had in pit crews because you don't have people crossing the car around the front. You don't have anyone standing basically in the front or the back of the car um, as it comes in. Like, it's aside from wheels coming off and drivers missing their boxes, it's a pretty safe uh, format that we have at the moment. Like, people are just locked where they are. And they do the job and they go out, or at least you know. I mean, literally, from years we're, past. we're like a
2: year and a half from when that that uh, Ferrari guy. And got, like, his leg yanked under oh, the yeah. rear, rear yeah, tire. Yeah, that's Like, true. That's true. like I, I think to an extent, they have improved safety in some ways, but at the same time, like, the the, the procedure as now also has kind of no margin for error. Yeah.
0: Have you guys that's ever true. seen a Pit Stop in Super Formula? No. So this is an open-wheel series. They look, you know, similar to F1 cars, but they have uh, restrictions on the number of crew members. So... um what the guy on the front of the car has to do is change one side, one tire on, you know, the left side of the car. And then it takes too much time to walk around the front of the car. So he actually jumps over the car. Wow. Like in, uh, remember Back to the Future when uh, Marty's trying to get back into the DeLorean and he slides over the front? It's like that. And then he (laughs) takes off the other wheel and then puts it back on. I'll I'll see if I can find a clip uh, and link it in the show notes. And then as he um is doing that he leaps over the car and without losing his momentum like twists and grabs the jack from the front of the car and pulls it away and then the car leaves it's awesome
1: like in my head i was trying to not envisage something stereotypically japanese like some sort of john woo like <laughs> gunkata madness or something but that's kind of what it sounds it's exactly like.
0: what it looks like yeah <laughs>
1: i gotta check that out that's that's pretty rad um this next email comes in from nate uh who is quarantined in cali and is doing something uh that i think you might appreciate drew and uh, thanks okay. for the great show like many i discovered you in early 2019 after watching the first season of netflix's drive to survive we should be paying the royalties at this age <laughs> i needed some somebody or someone to gently guide me through the 2019 f1 season you guys stepped up to the challenge thanks because i only started watching f1 last year i do not know what happens in previous seasons of course i gathered that lewis hamilton mercedes have won both the driver and constructor championship for the past 78 years or so but i don't know how everyone else finished so last week while searching for some semblance of sports to watch i decided to pay three bucks to subscribe to the f1 archive for a month and now i am two races into the 2018 season go vettel Uh, And I, no spoilers everyone, Uh, and I am listening to your race previews and reviews that you've archived on the podcast. It's like I'm living in 2018 and enjoying a full season, but without the bummer of having to wait one or two weeks between races. Uh, For a newbie, it legitimately feels like I'm watching a live race and a brand new season. Uh, Just thought I'd share in case you have uh, new to F1 listeners who'd like to do the same. And also uh, to thank you guys for leaving the archive of the podcast available. Keep up the great work. Nate that cool
0: that is so cool i just i had a smile on my face the whole time you're reading that email and like there's more we we, did we do the full 2014 season
1: i don't know if we started at the start i I think we started in the middle somewhere
0: i think our first season was 20 uh, full season was 2015 okay um but that's you can uh, watch
1: all of mercedes wins over the past decade
0: yeah right yeah (laughs) Um, it is weird i've seen um
2: the nfl made game pass available during all this oh, cool. I, I think for free and i think game pass had the last two seasons, seasons of the nfl on it and apparently that's done really really well which surprised me right because in general i think football fans roughly know what happened you know what i mean like oh, it's man. like like yeah. the whole thing is you watch a lot i gotta of go, football go back watch that season.
1: i didn't i didn't know yeah
2: like this is this is the weird thing where suddenly like it does appear that back catalog sporting events have some value which is kind of cool and amazing
1: i mean it's kind of like a needs must thing right like i wonder is the only reason because there's just nothing now else like i wouldn't be watching nearly as much of this Esports, F one stuff. It wasn't for the fact that there's nothing else to watch.
2: I think that's some of it, but I think also like it's the yeah. it's the normality of it. Like this is this is Will Smith in I Am Legend watching like the Today Show tapes that he has right. in his house, right? Like I think there's an element of you put on a game, and if you don't remember what happened, you get to inhabit for a while a world where the present doesn't exist and you're just watching you're you're just watching a game and so i suspect that there's a lot of appeal to that and i think that's the one thing maybe esports probably is going to struggle to provide is there's you can't watch esports and not think about like hey why am i doing this like why am i watching this but if you put on like an old race or an old uh you know football match or whatever you can just inhabit you know the 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 before time uh, and I, I, totally get it. Like we, we are terrible with our DVR backlog. So we had like weeks of uh, basketball games, and uh, oh, man, we were huge fans of uh, ESPN's High Noon. Uh, was it was a great show? Mm. It had Bamani Jones and uh, Pablo Pablo Tor on it, and we spent like the last couple weeks. Burning through that backlog and being like ah oh, this is great and then there's the first time they're like boy they might have to cancel some games because of COVID. and i'm like uh-oh we're catching up to the present but for a while there it was really
0: nice
1: <laughs> i've uh, I think, i've sh- 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 sorry go ahead Drew.
0: i was just gonna say I, I think i uh i ingest football a little differently from the way that i ingest formula one maybe because i'm more clued into f1 but like With an F one season, there's a whole narrative arc, right? Mm. I don't have that with football. Football is very much a, uh, to me, it's like a, um, what's the opposite of a serial television show? Like a just like the murder of the week, yeah, sort of Week or whatever. Yeah, Um, you, I just, I just, you know, I'm there for that game, and that's it. And so I feel like I could very, I would more easily be able to plug into just a football game and totally. uh just inhabit that area of my life for a little bit so i i totally understand that
1: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out i didn't realize that i've uh i've been doing the shameless thing of finally watching all the blu-rays i've bought over the years yes like once that yes. i'm like right uh, this week has been mostly uh buster keaton and uh Werner herzog movies so yeah I, fi- I finally watched a gear the wrath of god it's like i've had it for forever um yeah it's it's kind of like shameful like I feel kind of bad it's like I finally all brought, these brought things the in red like...
2: line criterion blu ray down from upstairs <laughs> nice. where it's like no, we're gonna do this we're gonna watch we're we're gonna watch the sad majestic uh world war two elegy uh you know for the first time in years uh no total- I totally get it especially because a lot of times now in the evening like your bitrate sucks. like if if you're yeah. if you're saying, oh well, i'm gonna stream something and it's like after like seven or eight turn you're, <laughs> you're just like oh shit this is like <laughs> this is like pirated <laughs> this is like pirated tv from like the 90s
1: you're watching your matrix vhs again killer um speaking of streaming things uh on the internet drew would you like to read this email about racing against pros from eric
0: Yes. uh, Eric B. in Chicago says, love the podcast and appreciate your perspectives on everything going on in the world. When y'all were talking about iRacing, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and spotter TJ Majors this week, it inspired me to want to share one of the best parts about the service. Uh, I I don't know if we mentioned also last week that uh, iRacing is... Let me make sure that I'm right about this. Uh, They were running a 50% off... um, sale uh, a so subscription
1: was, or a did they call it a license or a <laughs>
0: it's a subscription okay um so if you want to get in on that yep 50 percent off new memberships according to iRacing.
1: how much would that be uh, i believe that ballpark. would be
0: around 50 or 60 bucks for a year
1: okay that's 50 that's the discounted amount oh yeah i see it here yeah yeah 50, yeah you can get it for one month for 650
0: yeah six dollars fifty cents a month or Ooh. 55 dollars for one year Uh, or a hundred dollars for two years okay um eric says i had the chance to race against both tj majors and dale jr in separate races in the same week earlier this year uh i it was my first week ever on the service so it's not like i'm a pro and this isn't something i would have expected i ended up racing against tj majors in a mazda mx5 rookie series (laughs) which i immediately shared with my dad thinking it's the coolest person i'd come across on the platform until somehow race
1: miatas that's so cool
0: yeah i mean that's that's kind of your your starter car that's the uh oh really that's really the only one that i have kills me i I am too tall
2: to get in the miata Oh, are and you like it was tight so i remember the miata premiered i remember my dad took me to the chicago auto show this was like ages and ages ago right because it's the yeah. first like the miata was the new thing back then and like dude i was in elementary school and my dad was like oh this is a little snug and it fit me just fine now i cannot like i cannot put my legs inside a miata like it is
1: depressing as i was when i you know i got the mustang last year yeah um, and i was like fawning over which car to get and i was i really wanted a miata and then i realized i couldn't obviously stick a baby seat because it's only a two-wheel two-seater car when we had the kid and i was like well that's that's out the window but they are they do warn you that it's it's lengthwise and widthwise it's like it's 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 like pretty tight like yeah and the the, the seats don't go back It drives me
2: nuts because like by all accounts, this is a one of the most perfect accessible sports cars ever made. Yeah. Right. Like the Miata is a design that basically can't be improved upon. Like what it is is it's it's been the same thing with refinement across like over 20 years. Uh and the other thing is, like as you're saying, Drew, it does appear to be the entry level racing car. Like you get a Miata, you can go have like you can go Miata racing.
0: Yeah. People can and do. Um Eric B continues. Uh somehow 2 days later I ended up in a Skip Barber Formula 2000 race against Dale Jr. himself. We actually raced wheel to wheel for a few laps until he overtook <laughs> me and sped off. He ran really clean and I was trying hard to defend while not wrecking a pro giddy the whole time. Uh, Growing up watching NASCAR, I never would have imagined sharing a track with Dale Jr. It was great sharing this with my dad. He thinks it's amazingly cool. And it was fun explaining to my girlfriend that the former driver waving the green flag at the Daytona 500 was someone I'd raced against a week earlier.
1: It's very cool. Cool. Yeah. he also sent screenshots of, uh, of of it as proof, just in case he was. He said <laughs> you don't have to include this, but uh, yeah, it was cool seeing the name up on the scoreboard as well. That's, so uh, that's, that's pretty rad.
2: Surprises me because he's saying he was sort of new to the service. My understanding was uh, the service did roughly sort people into competition categories, and so like with good behavior and good form. You, would, you could make your way into places where you're going to find more and more pros and such, uh, making up a larger balance of the racers. So I am curious, like, what was going on with matchmaking where uh, Eric was racing against these folks? Or is Eric just, like, a savant? Did Eric just, like, <laughs> launch iRacing and does, like, some tutorial stuff and runs some early races? And iRacing, like, the, 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 the algorithm is just like, holy shit. Do you see this guy do you see do you see what eric b from chicago is capable of we got to match him with uh with junior um, so
0: there is a a uh yeah like you said a, a very strict license um system in iRacing to sort of uh keep everybody on the same playing field but i think if you don't quote me on this because i'm pretty new to iRacing too i think if you license up the more professional you are you can still go down and race in a lower tier it's just mm. it doesn't work the other way like i as a rookie could not go race in a pro league
1: rich people love slumming it with the poor is that it <laughs> they can come down and <laughs> yeah i mean and, and crush I, some fools
0: I, I try I, you know when you uh you start a new uh first person shooter game and you're ranked really low <laughs> you can clean up
2: i mean Like, one of the most popular forms of content in, like, MOBAs was pros creating throwaway accounts and just making their way through the junior levels.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Speaking of fake internet racing, uh, do you want to take this email from kyle from canada rob
2: yeah kyle's talking about more f1 racing alternatives if you enjoyed marbula one check out the 3d Botmaker channel for 164th die cast racing the production values are equally ridiculous with a two-man commentary team <laughs> multiple cameras replays the works uh some videos are included there's also a channel that made f1 stop motion races but has not done any recently uh, keep up the good work in these difficult times it doesn't look like anyone will be racing anything for quite some time uh, these videos are wild they are
1: unbelievable
0: <laughs> so the, die cast. The camera angles Like uh, these are like matchbox cars basically yeah but okay so but then the 3D bot
2: maker thing does that mean these are like f- 3D printed matchbox like
0: uh,
1: or is everything else is in the sponsored? world is it just sponsored but these I are like I think that matchbox. might just
0: be the name of the channel
1: okay because they have because these are set in quite realistic looking um well i don't know if realistic's the word quite detailed oh yeah no, know, dude this tracks. is some
2: uh thomas the tank <laughs> level yeah totally like, that's
1: exactly what this is
2: isle of sodor type shit where like <laughs> the ferraris <laughs> have come to the isle of sodor
1: <laughs> the crashes they always crash into each other and there's a there's also like a cross street like a like a like a like a, like a destruction derby style crossover as well um, naturally it's a it's pretty cool um and then there's another one right
0: the, the stop motion one
1: yeah the stop motion one that's something else that's, that's the water to the to the um uh, and these are these are actual f1 this is like a facsimile of formula one because they try and copy the graphics and try and copy the like they're using f1 miniatures like official cars i think they are official little little model cars
0: oh that's kind of hard to
1: watch it's really
2: jerky, oh yeah it's like really bad frame rate it's brutal actually <laughs> it's fascinating though
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Also, are you guys getting hit with
2: Masterclass been... ads now just all the time on YouTube?
0: Oh, yeah. Like
2: oh, today, really? it's just been nothing but Masterclass ads and Maybe clearly someone of Masterclass can't. is like, this is our moment.
1: They're really good. I've, I've been on there for, no for shit? over a year now. Yeah, there's a bunch of really good ones. I like the Werner Herzog one. I mean, you know, not to mention him again in one podcast. If I say his name one more time, he's going to appear. Um, uh, He has a really good one Um, where he, complains about how the interview is lit and how it's filmed <laughs> in the masterclass which is really funny uh there's a lot of really good ones in there uh it's really interesting like uh there's a uh, ken burns has one too which which is the reason i signed up i think um yeah and especially like if you're into cooking and stuff there's loads of different types but uh i, I really enjoy my class
0: those are the only ads on youtube that i've ever watched the whole thing uh, and they're yeah. like two minute ads like really th- for some reason know. they just suck me in. The uh Chris Hadfield one sucked me in.
1: Yes. Uh yeah, they're fun to watch. Even if you're not like even if you don't want to be an astronaut. Like like some right. of them I watch because of profession, like I've learned stuff, especially the Ken Burns one. It was like really informative. Um but uh some of them are just kind of fun. Like Steph Curry has one where he teaches you how to like throw three pointers and stuff, and it's like <laughs> I don't know about any of this stuff before. It's good it's neat. They're cool. I I think it's pretty pricey is the only thing. Um, I got like an annual pass, so it's probably going to come around again soon enough.
0: This podcast not
1: brought to you by Masterclass. Yeah, yeah, sorry. (laughs) You just uh, inadvertently turned into a No, I was (laughs) was thinking
2: that, oh, this seems silly. The Masterclass is thinking, you know, trying to bank on people, getting really ambitious about what they're going to do with their quarantine time. And apparently, like, no, Masterclass is worth it. (laughs) I I Learn from the masters. (laughs)
1: it's it's weird i I don't know anyone else who's who uses it Uh, like i I don't i haven't uh, yeah it's weird like i don't know why i think the only reason i did is because i really i wanted to watch the ken burns one and it actually turned out it turned it's a lot less pompous than i was expecting i expected it to be something like ted talk bs uh but it's they're actually like i think they're pretty um stringent with how they produce the classes they don't just let people waffle like they're very well structured um Mm and entertaining uh and informative so yeah I, I like them at least the ones i've watched my three-pointers still suck though
0: <laughs> uh well thanks to everyone who wrote in uh to shiftf one podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on twitter at shift f1 podcast i'm at drew scanlon that's at danny o'dwyer and at rob zachney uh that is us around the uh internet the virtual the internet the information superhighway
1: uh, do we want to my continue that? My waveforms are
2: telling you you probably hear my dog, don't yeah. you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think if I listen really closely, I think I hear what he or she. 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 I think I. She's saying. She's saying. Erases around the world. Right, I'm gonna mute my track yeah. while we go through this. It's okay. I'll do it in post.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yes, as Danny alluded to, there are e-races happening. Um, So many, in fact, they're very hard to keep up with. Uh, But I can put some uh, Twitter uh, accounts in the show notes for everyone to follow. Uh, Mm. There are F1 officially sanctioned races. Uh, Of course, not for points, but there are F1 drivers like Lando Norris um doing that uh there are indycar races and nascar races which have way more of a percentage of the actual pro racers uh in those races yeah. uh than fox f1 sports did.
1: broadcasted one of them do you see that yeah it, it was, was crazy
0: cool. uh i actually i watched the indycar one this weekend too and it was that was fun too i think both of them use iRacing, racing so um mm. that to me is a little more fun to watch than maybe the f1 2019 game
1: Yeah, I'm hoping they mix them up in the next few. They do, like, you know, StarCraft, maybe Overwatch, just kind of... Yeah, Rocket League. It's really stretched those drivers, you know, e-cred.
0: I think uh, after Lando did the first one, he left the race and then started streaming... um, Oh, now I'm blanking on the name of it. It's the, like, the new... The new PUBG du jour. Okay, not Fortnite,
1: but... Kharkov? No, yeah.
0: Kharkov, that's what it is.
1: Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, uh, v- Veloci, Veloci Esports, The Race, and Team Redline all have their own uh, events going on. Team Redline, I believe, is the only one in iRacing. The Race is in uh, R-Factor, and Velo- mm. Veloci is uh, F1 2019. Team Redline, actually, uh, Verstappen and Norris uh, and, a, and a few other pro drivers are, are members of that eRacing League. Uh, According to motorsportbroadcasting.com, 200,000 people watched F1's virtual Bahrain Grand Prix uh, on Sky Sports alone. Uh, So, people are watching this. Uh, Again, I I tend to enjoy the iRacing stuff a little more. Uh, I actually joined some Shift F1 listeners this weekend in iRacing and got trounced. I uh, qualified (laughs) last on the grid. And then... When the lights went out, I immediately crashed into a wall. So uh, I will try to find some uh, animated gifs that um, uh, that uh, uh, were made by a uh, by a shift to one listener and put them in the show notes. Uh, That's why you're good at flying, true.
1: Really because there's no walls in the oh, sky, I,
0: and I, f- I I flew in this race. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> um, Lando uh, <laughs> wasn't uh, content just to race. Um, online, he also joined a Twitch-sponsored uh, event to raise money uh, to help with uh, coronavirus um, charities. He said that if he got ten thousand uh, dollars, he would shave his head. He got twelve, so look nice. out for images of bald Lando Norris on the internet. Uh, and apparently, this weekend um so says landon Norris's twitter account there will be races uh called not the vietnam grand prix uh and then f1's vietnam uh virtual grand prix so i don't know how they're going to do that maybe they have alpha versions of f1
1: 2020 Ooh. Yeah, cool. I doubt they're running on the bootleg <laughs> Hanoi circuit we downloaded for a set of courses.
0: Yeah, user created content. Um, yeah. yeah, So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Uh, it is constantly changing. There's no like calendar for it, as far as I know, for all of that stuff. So it's kind of hard to keep track of. But again, if you follow all that stuff on Twitter, you can kind of just peruse through that and exactly. And, uh,
1: yeah, for those, you, I feel like by now people know whether they are. That person or not, whether or not they're going to watch that stuff or or they're. they're I mean, not I, interested. I don't
0: think I was. I didn't think of myself mm. as that, but like I really enjoyed watching the the, the IndyCar one, um, right? Because it is it is real drivers. Like I don't. It's hard so for me to get excited one, about like other like e-, e racing stars. I want to see real right. drivers doing the thing. Um, well, I think the other thing
2: the stakes kind of matter too, right? Like mm. the thing that bummed me about the Bahrain virtual, uh, GP was that clearly people were fucking around. Like, yeah. yeah, like it reminded me of logging into a frustrating multiplayer match and reminded me of like why that can sometimes leave me a bit just annoyed. Uh, so I think mean, it's one of those things where the things that are going to, carry the day here is first probably presentation like making the game readable uh following the track action about as well as a tv crew could and then i think the other thing is are people actually invested in winning this thing right like is there actually is there actually interest and care from the people driving uh Mm. to run a clean race and do their best to win it because Otherwise, it was people just sort of sh- showing up to screw around. That's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, look at look at Johnny Herbert just like ruthlessly take someone out. That's you know that's that's goofy, but the novelty also wears quickly, and then suddenly you're, it doesn't feel like a very compelling race.
0: Uh, yes, uh, totally agree. Also, um, supercars the australian series is going to start in an, an e, uh, e uh an official e-racing series mm. on april 8th apparently they were the last holdouts uh, right? drivers uh ye- yeah they were the last ones to kind of delay their their season but um, season, they have yeah. done so uh yeah i think that's an episode uh anything else from you guys danny
1: no looking forward to more drive to survive next week uh just yeah. a heads up to people episodes four five and six is what we'll be talking about next week um do we want to tell but we got we have some interesting ideas for uh, fun video stuff uh which uh we i guess we'll talk about off air maybe he's looking at me like something you know i'm just doing that thing that thing i'm doing hand motions. so you can oh uh
0: i guess yeah yeah Do you want to talk about it we, we need to well well we need to figure out what that is <laughs> i think first before we <laughs> tell people
1: okay well make Unless sure you go ask to
0: people what they want well no let's let's, let's figure no, it out I'm pe-
1: yeah it all depends on what i can get you know what i mean what yeah. i can purchase you know yes. what i mean this will all make sense in, in due time friends uh but yeah, yeah make sorry. sure you subscribe to uh, youtube.com slash shift f1 if you want some fun videos uh coming probably next month, yes, slash this indeed. month we're in april now i guess
0: yes yes we are uh rob What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com shiftf1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. <laughs>